Morning, everybody. How are you doing? Okay, good. It's good to be here. I asked a few people on the way in, so are you ready to worship the Lord today? And I got a number of different answers, but several times people said, all the time, I'm always ready. That's not a bad answer, is it? <laughs> always ready to worship the Lord and the goodness of the Lord. So how many of you thoroughly understood what Brian said about the finances? <laughs> Brian, I don't see one hand up, but I know that there are some. <laughs> we're, we're a bit behind, and we know that the Lord provides. And I think it is so encouraging to have a financial person who's not just talking about how do we meet the bottom line, but how do we trust in the Lord and move, move forward with faith? That's, that's pretty good stuff, isn't it, eh? Um, it is the Lord that we are trusting for sure. And I want to mention, too, that there's a prayer meeting this week on Wednesday night. Um, and you are invited to that. I think there's information somewhere, but I'm not sure exactly where. But it is, where is it this week? Somebody help me. Usually it is here. But it's not here this week. Um, it's, at, it's at Hillary Carver's house, okay, at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Now, I'm mentioning this, kind of blowing the announcement a little bit, but I'm mentioning this because there is a strong and powerful desire that every part of everything that's done at Forest View Church is covered and bathed and saturated in prayer. And so we're asking you to pray as we move forward into this fall and launching into this time of active ministry again in so many ways that you will be prayerful um, and, and joining in prayer with others um, and that we will see God powerfully at work this fall as we move forward. Our prayers may be awkward but when we remember that the power of prayer is not in the person who's asking the prayer, but the power of prayer is in the one who hears the prayer and answers, then we can have confidence that our prayers make a difference. So we're asking you to join with us in prayer, and I'd like to pray right now. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be together like this to worship you. And um, it's really good to be always ready to worship you, to meet you and see you everywhere we go, and to walk with you in, in the fullness of the life that you have for us. We thank you for this. I'd like to pray again today, Lord, for the teachers who've gone back to school this week, these men and women who give their lives to serve our children, and to pray again, Lord, that in, in this launching into a new year, that you will give them strength to lead well in the classroom, grace to guide the children more than academically, but in the way they live their lives, Lord, and that you will give them hope to thrive in the classrooms. We ask for the students, Lord, everyone at whatever level of education they may be, that you will grant them a curiosity to learn everything they can learn, and eyes to see not only themselves, but also the needs and the presence of other people around them. And I pray especially for Christian students in schools 
that you will give them a great sensitivity to discern your truth from uh, falsehood, to discern the needs of others around them and to help to meet those needs and to be salt and light out in the world. Lord, I thank you so much for the leadership team, the elders here at Forest View. I thank you for their deep commitment to you, for their prayerful, prayerful concern and for the, the many hours that are logged in, in talking and praying over the church. Pray for the staff. I thank you for the high quality of staff that is here, Lord. We thank you for the many, many volunteers who help to make things happen here. And we thank you for the building renovations that are underway now. Jesus, you, you were a carpenter for a good part of your life. <laughs> we pray that you will oversee this whole project and that it will all be done for your honor and glory and that this building will be used for you always and only, Lord, for your honor and glory. Thank you for every person who's here today. Thank you that you know us and you see us and you love us deeply, Lord. And I thank you, uh, I thank you, Lord, that you can uh, help us to pray for people who are going through times of suffering. And we think of the folks in the Bahamas these days and other places that have been really hit by this, uh, by Dorian. Lord, in your mercy, would you help them and provide for them all they need and move us also to help them as we are able. So Lord, we ask you to be a covering over everything that happens here this morning. Thank you for the kids who are learning about you just now. Lord, would you plant seeds in their lives that will grow up to bear beautiful, lovely fruit, uh, the fruit of eternal life in each one of their lives. We give them to your care and thank you for this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today we're going to talk about the vision and values uh, here. And um, who are we and why are we here? As we launch into this fall and into a new kind of ministry year, it's really important that we think about this once again. And I think it's going to come up here. Here we are. Um, last uh, spring... The leadership team and the staff got together and prayerfully asking you for prayer after the 100 days of prayer, we asked the Lord for a kind of a fresh way of talking about who we are and where we're going as a church. And this is what we, we really feel that God gave us, that we exist to be a community where people meet Jesus and become more like him. I wonder if you'd just say that with me. To be a community where people meet Jesus and become more like him. This is who we are as a group of people here today. There's an oft-quoted verse from the Bible, without a vision, the people perish, and literally means wander. Without a clear idea of our direction, which, which way we're needing to go and God is calling us to go, we can wander in any, any direction. But when we have a clear sense of where we're supposed to go and God is calling us to go, then we can go together with great power. There's a story uh, about Dr. DeBakey. He was a heart surgeon, and I think, in fact, in the OR rooms even around here, there are tools that are called uh, DeBakey uh, Dr. DeBakey scalpel or a DeBakey clamp or something like this, stuff that he 
originated along the way. Anyway, there's the story of a person who came to visit the hospital where he was doing his heart surgery, and, and, um, and so there was a person who was there cleaning the floor, and this visitor came in and asked the person who was cleaning the floor, he said, well, what's your role here in the hospital? And the person cleaning the floor said, well, uh, Dr. DeBakey and I, we fix hearts. Dr. DeBakey does the surgery, and I keep this place so clean that no germs can live here at all so that our patients get better. Dr. DeBakey and I fix hearts. Now, there was a man who had a vision of what he was doing. He's not just swabbing the deck. He's fixing hearts. And when we see what God is calling us to here at Forest View Church, we're not just teaching a little kid's Sunday school class or doing something like this. We're all together in the big thing that God wants to do through Forest View Church, that we are a community where people meet Jesus, where we meet Jesus gathered here, and where we meet Jesus out in the world as we go through the week, and where we become more like him, we're formed to be more and more like Jesus all the time. You know, when you look at the early church, you see that they were just a bunch of ordinary people just like us, but they believed in their extraordinary God. They believed, they came to believe that Jesus was the full and perfect expression of who God is. And so they left sort of their own way and, 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 and their own ideas of living, and they started to follow Jesus with their lives and with every, every part of who they were. And they had this incredible commitment then not only to God, but to one another. Because they saw themselves as brothers and sisters in this journey together, in this new vision of what life really is. And so they began to look after one another, to really care for one another in this, this body of Christ, and actually even give their stuff to one another to, to make sure that people had enough. And one of the major themes that you see in the New Testament is that they were filled up with the Holy Spirit. They wanted the direction of God in their lives, not just to go their own way. And they were one in heart and mind. And it's an amazing picture of a group of people, all very different, but all with their primary allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ and to one another. And out of that, they began to change the world. Here in Canada, I'm not sure that we believe in um, this kind of group mentality. We think so much more about me and my rather than about us and ours. The fact that God has called us to an allegiance to him and an allegiance to one another in the body of Christ. Here in the West, we have such a highly individualistic society. Would you agree? So we value the strong, self-made person who doesn't need to ask anybody for help, who can stand all on their own. And this has become so much a part of our society, I'm afraid it's also a part of our church life. And I believe we need to repent of this, this going it alone, of being on our own. 
That's Western thinking. It's not Christian thinking. It's Western thinking that I have to do this on my own. It's not biblical thinking. The early believers knew that they had been called to become a new society of people with their Their first allegiance was not to the Roman emperor or to the culture or even to themselves. Their first allegiance was to Jesus and to one another as a group of people together. They became a new community in the world, called to a larger purpose, caught up in the great plan of God. So let's look at this statement that we have up here. And, and let's, first of all, start with the idea of community, that we are a community together. If you looked at the dictionary, a, a community would be defined as a body of people sharing life together, um, of people who interact, who support, who connect with one another, who edify each other who share life together, who benefit and lift up and raise up and encourage and cheer up and embolden and urge on and assist one another to really thrive in our life with Christ. Forest View is a community, a body of people sharing the life of Christ together as brothers and sisters. And I would just ask you to recall that the first thing Jesus did when he came here and began his ministry was he started a community. He, he gathered a group of people together. He gathered 12, of course, but he had another group outside of that who traveled with them and who supplied a lot of stuff for them. And the first, the first of those were fisher, fishermen. And I just have to st- tell you another Kenya story I was in Kenya a couple of weeks ago on a mission trip, and we took a a trip across to an island in uh, Lake Victoria, huge Lake Victoria. It's called Sumba Island. It's a volcanic island, and it's sort of like a reverse ice cream cone coming out of the the ocean out of the water like this so we came to this island about 400 people live there they're all fisher people and when we came there you have to go through sort of the government channels there's a person who sort of oversees that area so we did our greetings and everything and then they sat us on the the beach i'm sitting here on the beach and there are all of these homemade fishing boats all along here pulled up on the shore and the fishermen are sitting in their boats mending their nets and i thought this is like Jesus on, on the shore of Galilee, homemade boats and fishermen repairing their nets. And our host, Ishmael Ocheng Okuku, he said, let us sing. So we all stood up and we started to sing, singing gospel songs and this kind of thing. And so these guys, the fishermen are in their nets and they're looking up like this and repairing their nets. There were girls who were down in the water hand washing their clothes hand-washing their clothes. And as we started to sing these songs, you could see these girls looking up like this and then starting to move, and they're dancing as they do this and started to sing these songs along with us. And then Ishmael invited them to come up. And uh, so a bunch, of, a bunch of them came up, but most of the guys, they were too cool for that. They stayed in their boats mending their nets. And Ishmael started out and he said, You fishermen, God loves you. When Jesus came here, 
The first people he chose were fishermen. Did you know that? God loves you, fishermen over there. Jesus came for you. Did you know that? And these guys are down there looking up, and then when, when they see that we're looking at them, they look down again, you know. So he just kept preaching the gospel about what Jesus did when he came here, his life, his teaching, his death on the cross to forgive us all our sins, his powerful resurrection. And you could see people kind of looking back and forth and so on. It, it was just a reminder to me, well, end of the story is that there were about 10 people who came up and stood with us and who wanted to be pray, prayed for at the end of this. They wanted Jesus in their lives. They wanted forgiveness. They wanted to follow Jesus with their lives. And so we entrusted them into the hands of a little group of about 30 Christians on this island um, who have established a church there. Jesus began with fishermen, the most unlikely people, I think. They're kind of rough, and yet that's where he began, ordinary people, and he built a community. Behind me, I think, are going to come up here a whole bunch of verses on one another. Jesus began building a community, but the Bible is full of these. There's just a plethora of verses about the one another's. And these one another's, about a third of them have to do with unity. A third of them have to do with love, and a third of them have to do with humility and serving one another. So here, these are some of the ones on love. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have this kind of love for one another. The one another passages. Be devoted to one another in love. Tolerate one another. <laughs> Do you believe the Bible said tolerate one another? It actually says bear with one another. In other words, okay. Some of us rub each other the wrong way. Would, would this be true? Like, does anybody ever get on your nerves, or are you just one of those perfect angels? <laughs> so we do. So what do we do with that? We're to bear with one another. We might not be ever the closest of friends, but we still love them and reach out to them. And this is where one of the subcategories of our big thinking here is that we choose to believe the best about one another. We, we just make the choice. It's hard at times, but we make the choice bearing up with one another. Anyway, this is the love, uh, the humility and service. Give preference to one another in honor. Submit to one another. Encourage one another and build each other up. So this is only a few. There are over 100 verses, the one another verses, which I prefer to call one another habits or practices that God wants us to to put on in our, our lives more and more as we relate to one another. So these are all these verses about the one another's. Because we are a community, and because we're a community together, we choose to believe the best about one another. We embrace brokenness in this place. We embrace the brokenness of our own Lives. We're not asking anybody to put on facades or to pretend to be more than we are. But we come as who we really are. And if you're struggling with something, it's not God's will for you just to keep it all locked up inside yourself. We're a community. We're a body. We're a family with one another. If your marriage is struggling, say something. Because we want to work together 
to make things better, to become more and more like Jesus. If you're struggling with something inside yourself, with a temptation or something of the sort, say something, and let's work together for us all to grow. I remember one guy at our former church who came to me and he said, Doug, he held his head in shame. I'm really struggling with pornography. When I close my eyes to pray, you know what happens? These images of stuff that I've looked at, instead of thinking of Jesus and seeing Jesus, this is the garbage that comes across my, the garbage that comes across my eyes. I said, can you help me? I said, let's pray about this and let's work on this together. And, and let me try to help you hold accountable. And so we began to do this. And I asked him, do you think I respect you less for coming to me and telling me this? Or do you think I respect you more? He said, I think you respect me less. I said, that is absolutely not the answer. I respect you more because you have the spiritual guts to come forward and say, I'm struggling in an area and I don't want to stay as the victim of this thing in my life. I want to be the victor. I want to grow in this area. I don't want to let it beat me. I want to beat this in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you, are you with me? For us to be honest and transparent and who we really are and working together to, to, to love Jesus and to know him and to grow to be more like him. So we are a community where people meet Jesus. There are a couple of verses that are coming up here now. Um, this verse, <laughs> John 3, 16. Powerful, powerful. Just take a look at it. We want people to come here and to meet Jesus because God has gone to a lot of trouble to win us into his family. He gave his only son, and Jesus willingly came here like this so that whoever believes in him will find this eternal life, never to be condemned, but to walk with Jesus, to know what it is to live with Jesus in this life here and in the life to come as well. Um, and then the next verse is this Matthew, uh, from Matthew 28. And I, I love this, because just look at the first part. That this is after Jesus has died and risen again, and he says, go to the mountain, I'll meet you over there. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now you're sitting here this morning and say, what? Some doubted? They're looking at the resurrected Jesus Christ and they're still doubting? And I'll just tell you, this gives me great hope. These are the very people that Jesus commissions to go out and change the world, to make disciples of all people. Jesus is not looking for perfection. You may feel you have doubts, you're struggling with something or whatever's happening in your life. It does not disqualify you from being the person that Jesus wants you to be out in the world. We wrestle through our doubts. This is why we also say that we embrace mystery here. There are things that we don't always fully understand. We want to talk about them. We want to grow in these things and understand them better. But Jesus says that we are to be his disciple makers in the world of all peoples. So we 
want to come here and meet Jesus on Sunday morning, all of us, we long for our friends who don't know Jesus yet, as Brian said before, our friends and our relatives, to come to know Jesus Christ, to know the life that he can give. And so we pray that way, but we don't want to just meet Jesus here. Today, we're the church gathered, right? But then as we go out of here, we're the church scattered all week long, and we want to meet Jesus everywhere we go. I was talking to somebody this morning who was saying that in the last three weeks, there's like a new sense of Christ alive in his life. This is what we're talking about, that the Lord's reviving us and renewing us, so we're seeing Jesus everywhere we go and his work. God is on the move. I want to tell you this. I, I have another role. I'm a pastor to pastors in Vision Ministries Canada. Mike Stone is the director of, of Vision Ministries Canada. And uh, I just want you to know that next weekend... There is a church where all the people are from Iran. They were all Muslims before. There has been a revival in that church over this last year. And next weekend, there will be 80, I said 8-0, 80 new Christians, all of them former Muslims, will be baptized next weekend at a retreat. They're going away from Toronto and, and they're having this big baptism up there, and there's another English-speaking church that's going along with them to encourage them as brothers and sisters in Christ. And at the same time, there's a new church plant that's uh, just up in Cookstown, just off 400, and it's a brand-new church plant, just about a year old, and they have just had their first baptism of an adult who was far from Christ, who's come to believe in Christ. And they are as excited about their one first baptism as the Iranians are about their 80. And shouldn't they be? And don't we want this to be the case at Forest View, that people come here and people through our lives also come to know Jesus? So it brings us to our third point, and that is that we are a community where people meet Jesus and become more like him. We become more like Jesus, transformed by renewing of our minds with new habits formed in us and um, with the old habits that were dragging us down, less and less of those things, new habits being formed in us that honor the Lord. And for this, I've chosen Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, this, was, this is Jesus. And so for us to have more of this means we're becoming more like Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, forbearance, I guess, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these lovely things in our lives more and more as we move on. There's so much more that I could say about this, but I want to shift to maybe one final thing. As we do all this, we are helping one another love better. As a community, all of us together, we're helping each other love better, to love God better, to love one another better in this community, and to love creation, all that, that God has made, to love his stuff. We are a community where people meet Jesus and become more like him. Now, here's my final question. Why? There's, there's a lot of emphasis on Jesus here, right? 
I thought we were a Trinitarian church. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are. But Jesus is the one who came here and is the Savior of the world. And I turn you to this verse in John chapter 1, where John the Baptist had been baptizing, and the religious leaders came to him and said, well, who are you? What are you doing? How can you do this? Are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? Who are you? And he said, no, you know what? Somebody's coming after me. I mean, he's so great, I, I can't even tie up his shoelaces here. And the next day, Jesus comes walking by, and John looks at him, and he goes, oh, wait a minute, everybody. Wait a minute. This is the one. He's the one. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look. The word is behold. It's a word that means, look, there he is. Behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why all this emphasis on Jesus? Because he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The world every tribe, every language, every nation. What Jesus did is for everybody. It's amazing. The cosmic influence of what Jesus has done on the cross and in his resurrection. What a savior. He came to take away the sin of the world. Would you agree with me that there's a lot of brokenness and sin all around us and in us? Our own kind of bentness, bent away from, from the things of God, the natural inclinations of our heart that lead us away. And we see it all the time in our world as well as our, in ourselves. The sin of the world, he wants to take it away. The word literally, literally means to lift it up off the other person, put it on himself, and carry it far away. And this is what Jesus does to us. He takes the load and burden of our sin, he takes it off of us, he puts it on himself, And he pays the penalty for it on the cross, and then he carries it far away so it's not on us anymore. What a Savior. And the Lamb of God. I wonder what John the Baptist was thinking when he said the Lamb of God. Would it have been maybe the Passover Lamb? Do you remember the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt, and when they were released out of there, they had to kill a lamb, and then they had to paint the doorpost. Do you remember this? They painted it up and down like this, and then they painted it across the top. Does that remind you of anything? Like a cross, maybe? The one who delivers us out of slavery? Maybe he was thinking of Abraham and Isaac up on that mountain, and Abraham ready to sacrifice his son Isaac, but God provided a lamb in place of the son because God doesn't ask us to kill our kids. God provided a lamb in place. And so Jesus took our place on the cross. Maybe he was thinking about that kind of lamb. Maybe he was thinking from Isaiah 53 about the lamb who went silently to the slaughter. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way, but God has laid on him the iniquities of us all. The suffering of Jesus Christ. Or maybe he was thinking from Revelation chapter 5, where John is looking and he sees this lion. This is a picture of the end of time in heaven. And John sees this big lion, great 
conquering lion. And he turns around, he looks again, and it's a lamb. A lamb looking as if it has been slain. And all around this lamb, there are these creatures, and then there are elders. And then it says that there are thousands upon thousands of angels. Can you get the picture? And then it says, outside, in these concentric circles, outside of them are all the people of the world. And all of them singing, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy of all honor and glory and power and dominion. Because by his blood, he purchased men and women for God. That's why Forest View Church is centered on Jesus. Because he is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And he is worth our worship and worth our whole life. And today we come to this table to remember the lamb who was slain for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who left all the grandeur of heaven to come here into this broken world and to offer himself for us. To teach, to live impeccably, to voluntarily give himself on the cross for us to bear the burden of our sin, to, to forgive us, to set us free. We worship him as we eat this bread and drink this cup. We remember that his body was broken for us and his blood was poured out for us. And I would say that this table is an open table. It's for all who believe and want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God is extended wide open to all who will believe. And I just say, if, if it doesn't make sense to you, you, you don't have to feel embarrassed about not coming up here. That's, that's all right. But if you want to follow Jesus, if you love Jesus, come and take the bread and drink the cup. So what we're going to do is... Um, in a moment, we're going to eat, we're going to take this from several stations. There are going to be three across the front, I think, and a couple at the back. So whatever's close to you, when you're ready, you can get up. You can come and take a piece of bread and remember that the body of Christ was given for you. How amazing is that? And then take the cup and drink the cup and remember the blood of Jesus was shed for you, was poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Lord Jesus, we humbly come to you. We acknowledge in ourselves we are not worthy to eat the bread that falls from your table, the crumbs. But by faith in Christ, you declare us your children. You declare us worthy. You declare us your people. You declare us forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. We thank you that in your mercy and in your love, Lord, you have done this for us. And now we celebrate you as we eat the bread and drink the cup. In Jesus' name.
precious name we pray. Amen.